Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. In this episode, K. Nageshwar Rao, known as KNR, shares his story and experience related to the four threads in his career, starting as an individual contributor, growing as a team leader, and doing technical work. And the second thread being leading an R&D and product teams in India for large multinational organizations. The third thread that he talks about is about driving innovation culture, and the fourth thread is about influencing people's lives through process systems and also through coaching and how he quit a corporate job to follow his passion to continue to help individuals grow through the initiative called what is my north we also talk about how he switches between working with people and with machines and the importance of the ability to pay attention to detail and not jumping to conclusions he also talks about humility as a strong characteristic of a great leader and whether humility is a trainable skill he continues to talk about creating an environment where people want to help others and the role of constructive or creative dissonance in nurturing great communities goes on to talk about creating a startup kind of culture within a large organization and extending that to aspects related to product leadership and he shares his career tips for people considering a career in IT as well as for mid career professionals listen on hi knr welcome to the software people stories hi shiv very nice to be here yeah i've known you as a very good storyteller and also an entertainer in many of our interactions the way you kind of share things i'm looking forward to a wonderful conversation about your story and of course interspersed with other other stories sure so we'll start with a self introduction how you got into it what has been your career trajectory etc and then take it from there sure sir um, sure thank you very much for having me here i think it's a great opportunity for me to be here and share some of my perspectives So let me start by briefly introducing myself. I was part of the IT industry for 34 years. I will explain the was part of the previous statement shortly. But anyway, if we if I were to describe my career, I would say it was made up of three to four major threads or flavors. So let me explain those three or four threads. First one is um, I think my entire career has been around system software, developing and delivering system software products. either directly or as an as an individual contributor in my early career days or as a person who was leading teams that were doing that my first job was in indian telephone industries where i was involved in delivering an embedded software for the data link layer providing interconnectivity between different uh, parts of a digital switch in this case i think switch is a misnomer because each switch by itself was a huge digital telephone exchange right so when i said 
I wrote software which was connecting these switches. It was basically interconnection between these different um, uh, digital exchanges. And uh, the exotic part of this job in ITI was uh, we traveled to exotic places in India, remote places to install or commission these switches for India's uh, army. So, in fact, many of those we were we were not even allowed to talk about which places they were and things like that. So, it was a very a uh, very enriching experience, not only in terms of this travel and all that, but in terms of the learning that I got. Since it was the first job, there was a lot of enthusiasm and all that. After ITI was Tata Unisys, I don't know if you remember, Shiv. You are the one, you are the reason I got an opportunity to work in PUL. You actually interviewed me. And uh, I don't know if you uh, are happy or, or you regret about it. But that was a good break in my career. Um, like while ITI gave me the early foundation for a software career, PUL is where I picked a lot of things, not just technical, technological knowledge and awareness, but also working with people, the culture. I mean, one of the earliest role models for me was Gopalan, who we all know. And he has always been in the back of my mind when I was progressing through my career. So excellent people, excellent culture. And that was, I think, the beginning of, um, uh, of um, my what do you say, perception and learning about how to be in a corporate and how to conduct oneself and how to be successful. So that was my second stint. Of course, PUL is where I became truly an operating systems, systems software person because I was working in this Unisys project where we had to support Unix SVR4, the operating system. Right? And like that, that was probably the most exciting project I've ever worked on. Because it not only gave me that flavor of working in system software, operating systems, the core um, operating system code and things like that. It led, led me to the next later part of my career also. So after Tata Unisys, say about eight, eight, nine years, I moved into Sun Microsystems in the Solaris OS group. And uh, this, this is where we created the Open Solaris community in India. And so those were exciting days. So that is where I um, interacted with a lot of people, uh, colleges and various parts of academics in creating this community in India. And we um, also created the second largest community in the world after the US for Open Solaris. So that is that. So that has continued to be the thread in my career. Then, of course, after Tata Unisys, I mean, after Sun, I uh, moved into um, Unisys. To continue, I mean, I came back to Unisys is what I should say. The last five years of my career were in Unisys, where I worked again in the operating systems group, leading the uh, development center in India. The second thread, which kind of this segues into in my career, has been about leading product development and R&D divisions of some big companies like Unisys and Sun Microsystems in India. Setting up and growing these R&D groups has been, I would say, the highlight of my career. While it threw many challenges at me, it was a great opportunity to build what I call is the growth organizations, driving a shared vision, motivating others to join forces to deliver the vision, and connecting with people and uh, being part of their, their career and their lives. Right? Uh, that, I mean, in fact, uh, we were talking about this before. The people element of this career has been um, something that I have been very proud of. The ability to work with people. Uh, ability to carry people with us and those kind of stuff. And now talking of offshore development centers, I would say India has made significant strides in producing successful captives. But 
there are still challenges like and one of the one of the things that stands out in my mind is fundamental challenges that we encountered maybe 20 25 years ago still exist and i think while uh, the industry bodies like nascom are trying to change that culture change that flavor a lot of it is with the in the hands of leaders is to to kind of get rid of those challenges overcome those challenges and make it a successful presence in the um, offshore captives the third thread in my career has been around driving an innovation culture now i have been focusing more on creating innovation culture in terms of creating the frameworks and creating the mindset and those kind of stuff in the offshore centers that i've been part of uh, like like when i talk about the innovation culture uh, i'm also happy that i was able to contribute to the larger ecosystem through being part of nascom when i say the larger ecosystem it is like creating communities that that create innovation or create structures and culture and framework for innovation in those kind of stuff so that has been one of the things that i've uh, kind of continued to nurture in my career the last one of course has been the opportunity i've had to influence people people's lives in a positive way either through formal processes like the practices and the systems in companies or through informal coaching and discussions and things like in fact very early in my career i realized that i enjoyed working with people and had the potential to help and about a year ago i quit my day job to pursue exactly this thread of helping people to start my practice called watch my not this is what i meant when i said i was part of the industry and no longer is but um, um, actually though i am not working for any one company right now i believe i am still part of the it industry since all of the people i am working with are from the industry so i feel i am still contributing to the industry by developing people in the industry for the industry um while technology expertise is crucial for success i think the industry needs to pay more attention to developing and helping people uh, grow so that's that's a summary of what i've been uh, doing in the industry yeah wonderful kenar just to answer the question you asked about uh, our first meeting uh-huh. and you said about recruitment obviously now if there was any doubts or regrets we wouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> right <laughs> uh, it has always been wonderful uh, so multiple questions or uh, i would say curiosity questions that are triggered by what you said uh, on one hand you did talk about uh, your uh, interest in working with people the culture and helping people etc and then you also mentioned that you have been working on operating systems embedded systems and so on right uh, so how do you switch between are these two different modes in the first place about being focused more on the things that are not seen and then trying to put something into the hardware to make it work etc versus actually interacting with people it's a great question i mean as you think i'm thinking what could be the connection but i think this has always been something that i realize which is um both of them involve systems thinking right i think that is a common thread i see between working on embedded systems or software i mean system software or hardware connectivity between those or working with people um what i mean by systems thinking in this case is the ability to recognize patterns the ability to come out with what do you say the archetypes or uh, stereotypes that exist and being able to 
elevate things from incidental or um, situational happenings to distilling them or kind of consolidating them into patterns and lot of problems or situations that we encounter in both spaces i think if we have if we are able to if we are capable of bringing them up to this level and synthesizing them um we we can conquer that and so at a very high level i think it is this ability to understand people from deriving patterns out of what is happening and also understanding systems from deriving patterns out of what is happening is a common ground so um when i work with people while i have some structures and systems in place to 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 have carry those discussions lot of the time it's it's about what we call as the socratic thinking or socratic questioning where you keep asking open ended questions and let people discover themselves and let people come out with their own wisdom um while that doesn't i mean it may happen with ai and all that going forward but uh, a lot of working with systems requires us to derive those patterns is what i believe i hope i have answered that yeah a probably similar question or related question i'm just trying to see uh, you know, multiple facets sure that you had and then what could possibly be some connections like you said probably in abstracting from something specific uh, you talked about your experience of going to remote locations installing mm-hmm. and all that which is probably very very high touch kind of a thing with actual users actual conditions under which your products are used etc but when you are working on an operating system or when you are working on a product say based in india are there any limitations because you may not have that kind of a connect with the users or the actual conditions under which it's going to be used and how do you kind of uh, again adjust to that or uh, abstract that and then i have a follow up question based on this answer sure i think um i think there is a there is a difference or there is a connect in how you look at these things for example when you are in a situation where your customer is next to you and you are actually talking to the customer on things how they are happening what problems they are facing and things like that your perspective is totally totally very different you are able to understand things that you may not have thought of the kind of situations that you would never have imagined i think that is um, in fact this is probably a small big digression but many times uh what i have found is that when we struggle this is the context between working in for example say in the us or in india in a setup like this what are some of the challenges that we face what are some of the issues that we have never been able to overcome i wouldn't say never never is probably too strong but most of the time we struggle to overcome is lack of client or customer perspective lack of client or customer experience it's uh, however much we try being in a time zone where the customer is not has been a big challenge for us so uh, how do we solve that we have tried multiple ways to do that having people on on site going to customer locations working with them for some time coming back but i think that is one one aspect which i would say is very important and that is one of the things that has been a big challenge for uh us when i say us it is people working on software products whether it is system software or application software or whatever the lack of customer connect so if we can solve that if there are ways to 
I mean, we we have tried practical ways of addressing that, but I think there is a lot of mindset issue also here. Uh, without going into specific details of what those mindset issues are, I think the acceptance level of someone totally remote to be able to solve somebody's problem has to be better, and that is something that uh, we have always struggled with. The talent, ability to solve those problems, and what do you say? The knowledge and awareness. There is no lack. but it is this aspect of one being able to understand what the client situation is accurately and there is a second aspect which i think is a cultural difference um i don't know maybe this is my perception that is the ability to or the attention to detail i at least in my experience have found that we the um Uh, people in india while working on such situations seem to jump to conclusions faster than required the ability to pay attention to detail really look at what is happening it comes at a very very i would say later stage in career having gone through this this kind of work repeatedly having faced these kind of challenges people seem to learn but if we are able to bring in that discipline in our people who develop software that that will uh, save a lot of energy is what it so these are the two things that, that come to my mind when it uh, comes to kind of uh, being in front of a customer and not being in front of a customer the corollary to that is uh, yes this is something that uh, you can practice as knr right but then when you were building teams for product development what were some things that worked or that didn't work in creating a similar empathy so to say for the users in the team so i was kind of um, thinking about it from a point of view of somebody who is leading an organization like this or building an organization like this where you have to really bring people together um, people who um, are thought workers right there are three things that come to my mind one is so when you said how do you get people to create this kind of this kind of a discipline or culture i think it's absolutely important for whoever is building those teams to develop and articulate a very clear vision that can be easily shared by all that shared vision i mean particularly uh, in cases where i have had more than 700 800 people in the organization it becomes absolutely important for people to know what they are doing and why they are doing it and that articulation should come from the leader i think being able to articulate clearly develop and articulate a vision to the larger organization and making sure that it reaches everybody is half the problem solved the second part of it is of course motivating the members of the organization so that the vision is accepted adopted and they are actually working towards that that is the harder part because each individual is different and you will have all kinds of people but as a leader rallying your teams to adopt and accept that vision and work towards it is important which also means that you need to be ready to address different perspectives it's not like just because you said 100% of the people are going to accept it so you need to also be ready to accept contrary views be challenged and steer the organization towards that. openness transparency humility of all basically i think one of the characteristics of any strong leader is humility and if we are not able to be humble in front of the organization in front of others it becomes challenging because you will face challenges 
that you will not foresee and many times you will be blind and uh, blindsided by what you don't know right um, the third one is of course um, while it is difficult in larger organizations being able to establish a connection with people and um, being authentic with them i think these are the humility being able to connect with people and being authentic are some of the people aspects i think that bring an organization together and make it successful but having a clear shared vision and communicating it and getting it accepted is probably the most important so is humility a trainable skill i think so while natural humility is in my in my view higher in the rung i think it can be it can be taught or people can learn humility because i mean it's not an inherent characteristic is what i feel it doesn't have to be people can be taught how to be humble and the values of humility in fact i'm sure you would have read this book good to great by jim collins where he talks about the success of companies being measured based on their longevity and when they went and analyzed the traits of ceos of those companies which were successful through longevity he found that one of the common traits most common traits was humility i don't believe that every one of them had humility naturally while that's a corollary i think humility can also be taught at least we should talk about it i believe that not many of us talk about it in organizations the other side of it i would say is unfortunately we find more and more people getting strong headed as they progress in their career which uh, i think needs to be do that is to actively talk about the value in fact that was crossing my mind as you were explaining this the question was when you talk about innovation mm-hmm. when you talk about creating something probably that doesn't exist or challenges the status quo and stuff like that do you need a little bit of for lack of some other term i'm saying maybe arrogance or where does humility play when it is something new that you are trying to explain you are so either convinced about it or you feel that this is the right thing to do so where so, does innovation and humility sure. come together so there are there are um, i i look at it from two different points of view i think that the context is different in these two cases where you are dealing with people or you are dealing with organizations and you are serving the organization humility becomes paramount when you look at creating something or being technologically strong or innovative i think i would rather term it as confidence than arrogance i think the confidence is important but that doesn't have to be arrogance i think that is where people get mixed up and sometimes we find really strong technical people becoming arrogant and uh, abrasive which spoils the dynamics i mean when we talk about uniting a large organization having a common focus common vision and all that stuff you uh, traits like arrogance and uh, abrasiveness don't have it people need to learn to work with each other people need to learn to support each other many times they I, I, so i i always believe that there is enough for everybody so there is no need for competition however our organizations are tuned to be competitive right they they encourage competition they encourage one over the other so these are some of the things i believe need to be brought into the organization dynamics so to your question the direct answer is it probably is not arrogance but confidence is required but in a larger organization context particularly leaders need to demonstrate yeah i guess your yeah, confidence is a much better word uh, i was just searching for that word uh, which is also a nice segue into a third pattern that i tried to kind of form as you were explaining things which is about enabling connections 
or collisions, whichever way. You know, whether it was the switches that you made talk to each other, or later when you said that you built a community for Solaris and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it is all about enabling those connections. In two curiosity questions, was it easier to connect computers than to connect people? I wouldn't say so. I mean, <laughs> they're equally complicated, but they require different kind of approaches, what I feel. Mm-hmm. When, it, when you talk about connecting computers, I think it's more about knowing what you should do and doing it accurately, minimizing the failures, minimizing the flaws. Whereas when it comes to connecting people, I think it's all about creating that environment where people feel comfortable. In fact, when we had this team in Sun Microsystems working on Solaris, when I look back, what, what made the team successful? What made the team work so well together? I think it was the environment that we created, the atmosphere that we created, where people felt comfortable helping others. It wasn't like, oh, if I help that person, I am going to lose something. It was more of how do we collectively make this thing successful? Because there was serious, I mean, to, to give a context, uh, that team had a lot of, what do you say, finger pointing from the other time zones. We were part of a part of three time zones. Right? And the other two time zones were much more advanced. They were in the, pro, in the job for quite some time. And this was a very fledgling team that was coming up. And the expectations were very high, but the cap- capability was not that high. So we had to, while we were working on the capabilities, we had to make sure that as a team, we succeeded. And that is where I think creating that environment, creating that shared vision and letting people understand that it is not competition, but it is collaboration that's going to make us successful was important. So to answer your question directly, I think in both cases, I mean, obviously, I think you knew what you were talking about. In uh, connecting machines, obviously, the skill sets and the capabilities are different. But here, the dynamics are much more important. And I believe creating that transparency, that space for people to grow is what is important in connecting people. In a related corollary, is uh, we say that uh, you have to consciously, in a controlled way, promote either, you know, call it the constructive or creative dissonance. Mm-hmm. So while forming a community, How can you enable that as well? Sure. So when I said you create the space for people to be transparent and collaborative with each other, it doesn't mean everybody rubs the other person's back. That that, that environment itself created the opportunity for people to conflict each other, argue with each other, um, and, and that dissonance that you talked about. See, what happens in this case, I believe, is it becomes natural for them to bring it up without any fear. So when you have an environment where people can speak up their minds, dissonance also can be easily handled. And it is absolutely important to encourage that. I think it's, thank you for bringing that up because it's not all goody-goody. There were conflicts, but people, I believe, were able to handle it in a much more humane way than making it a totally disastrous situation. The other thing I recall is your fourth thread of coaching, mentoring, and doing that. How... Did you or did you have to adjust your own personal either styles of thinking or working uh, when you were playing a role of a manager or a leader in an organization or of a team versus being a coach? I think there's a lot of commonality between what you do there and what you do here. It is compassion. Even so, when I said, I think I mentioned that one of the things that I felt very proud about in my career is being able to influence people's lives in a positive way. 
i think that also came from this fundamental need to be compassionate to people to help others i i think i realized that much earlier that this is something that i was good at and i really wanted to do combined with my i won't say passion but desire to teach so these two kind of together made me realize that this is a space that i should be working in and so about 10 12 years ago i went through a certification for coaching so that was more to prepare from a structured way to be a coach but to your point i think it is important there is commonality between being a good leader and being a coach um in fact when i said structured way of learning coaching it's more about learning that you don't solve others problems you actually let them bring out their wisdom and find their own solution become more responsible than always blaming and those kind of stuff in fact i think this applies very much in uh, the context that we were talking about about organizations we all carry lot of biases blocks and blind spots so a coach's job is to kind of bring that out and show people what is going on and not try to solve their problems i i figured that i had if i were interested in doing this i had to make sure that i do it in a proper way from that point of view it it kind of steered me towards this this career yeah i think it's a common thing that both both being a leader in an organization and doing this kind of work requires common traits which is about caring for people you spoke about you know product innovation you know, creating sorry ecosystems and so on these are all terms that we hear very commonly yes today associated with the startup world or the startup culture saying you know, entrepreneurship etc how was it doing all these things within the construct of a company or a larger organization i think that's a very interesting question because there are constraints within an organization that's why I, when i started talking about it i said we were working on creating an innovation culture and hoping that that will lead to innovation that is the reality because while um, i can say that sun microsystems is known for its innovative culture so there was not much we had to do in terms of building that atmosphere in spite of that there is always this constraints about getting somebody's ideas through that is where the work we did helped in terms of creating that ecosystem when i say ecosystem creating that framework when somebody has a good idea how do you ensure that it is it is heard by the right people so creating those pathways creating those systems putting them in place so that nobody has to be at the mercy of somebody else and there is a system or a structure through which these ideas can go through is a big part of the work that we did both in sun microsystems and in unisys unisys was Uh, probably because uh, it was a later time in the in the cycle there were very established innovation systems in place processes in place so i think innovation and process are kind of oxymorons but go go against each other but at the same time you need that support system that support system was in place and it was more about creating that what do you say culture to think differently that we had to work on so to answer your question if there are companies which have these systems and to, nowadays if you go around you will find that every company says they have an innovation system innovation process innovation culture encouraging innovation and all that stuff which is good and that i think is because of the work that has been done by a lot of people in the last 10 20 years to bring that kind of an environment here and also the startup culture as well i think 
these these go hand in hand the shift from delivering services to creating products the shift from doing what is being told to doing something new all these are shifts that have happened in the industry not just in one or two companies and bodies like nascom have really helped they actually i mean when i said uh, part of nascom i helped i was also part of creating that ecosystem it was because nascom said look individual companies are doing these things can we bring together look at best practices and create a common platform where we can enhance this culture of innovation so i think all of that has helped yes individual companies have their own idiosyncrasies which create some restraints constraints but if we know how to work around them you can still create that culture create that uh, spirit you also mentioned that you love teaching yeah and uh, you've also been doing some work in the product leadership team at least in bangalore you find that uh, there are a lot of people who are in startups or wanting to start up and talk about products and doing that do we need to enlarge the scope to say you know, business leadership or outcome leadership than just product leadership or is that something that is already taken care of in the way in which people are being trained to become product leaders i i think uh, it is happening and so specifically product leadership the answer to your question is um, i don't think we should mix these two both are important both are required and about product leadership i think in the last 10 to 15 years there is a lot of progress in india in creating product leaders right either through uh, growing in their jobs or through proper qualification like for example there are these institutes like institute of product leadership which has been there in bangalore for about 15 years which has been focusing on building product management product leadership capabilities in india now when it comes to applying those is where i think there may be some gaps which need to be filled in terms of product leaders going and supporting the ecosystem the the uh, startup ecosystem even that is happening but i think you um, kind of brought out that distinction which is business leaders based on their experience are trying to mentor startups and uh, such innovative uh, groups but how do we bring in full product leadership flavor into the the startup kind of ecosystem is something that probably needs to be filled more but the capabilities are being built so do you have any personal stories of highlights or what you have enjoyed being in it or what kind of was the pull to when you said you were in it right what made that in <laughs> and to where so frankly my getting into it was because my brother told me so he just said look networking is hot get into it <laughs> right? i i think we were all like that at that time not too much visibility to what was available but that's how i got into it but i think it um, it was a fit it was a good fit because when you asked what did you enjoy or what was the highlights there are two things that come to my mind the first one is the uh, opportunities to solve problems i enjoyed problem solving so throughout my career at least when i was an individual contributor all my work involved solving problems solving problems that were created by somebody else i'm meaning the technical problems yeah. the, the the kind of challenge that it throws at you is absolutely exhilarating so that was something that i always enjoyed solving uh, very challenging critical critical problems particularly when the customer is on on your neck 
right? So um, those situations were really challenging and interesting. That is one thing that I always enjoyed. The second, obviously, is the opportunity to work with diverse people. That I I don't think I can get that anywhere else. Uh, this created that opportunity to work with different people from different parts of IT industry, and hence people of different natures and things like. That. So these were the two things that that really helped me. I really enjoyed. I normally like to conclude these conversations with uh, tips, uh, career tips from the guest for two segments of uh, people. One, those who are aspiring to get into IT. or just starting out an it and the second segment is uh, what we may call as the mid career it professionals mm-hmm. sure who sometimes either want to decide on whether they should continue to be technical or managerial etc or probably you know, switch from it to something else etc it could be multiple things that they may be considering sure so what would be your uh, guidance for them i think um, for both sections there are some common guidances tips there are some specific tips for for the people who are just starting in the it industry i would say keep yourself completely abreast of what's going on like for example today uh, while people come out of colleges i mean this is a common complaint from the industry that while they have learned something they don't know what they need to do in the corporate world right but i'm not going there i'm talking about as a person who wants to succeed in it be abreast of what is going on what kind of technologies are coming and don't get stuck at what you are doing right for example today web3 everybody is talking of web3 but how many of us know what actually web3 is and what it takes now maybe a beginner cannot enter web3 right now but if that if there are there are things that are happening in the new technologies that you are interested in how will you know if you don't understand what's going on so keeping an open eye keeping an open mind and looking for what is happening in the industry what kind of technologies are coming because in the early stages nothing else matters being strong technical person is important in the early stages so that is one for people in mid career i would i mean this is something that we do in um, um career coaching that i do i mean in addition to individual coaching i also work with a couple of other institutions where we do career coaching for mid career people and one of the things i emphasize there is it's not too late for you to identify and follow your passion because many of us are in it industry i won't say many but some of us probably are for the wrong reasons but it's not going to really keep you happy if you are continuing in what you are doing for not the right reasons so and the right reason is basically identifying what your passion and purpose is and steering your career towards that it's not too late even if you are in mid career positions follow your passion that that's why i said this is this is applicable even to people who are beginning but more applicable to people in the later parts of their career so if at all there is one message i would like to send it is try and identify and follow your passion yeah thanks kenar on that great note and very simple formula probably very difficult to actually find your passion thank you for sharing your story i'm sure uh, you have a lot more stories that you wanted to keep for the next time and that gives us an opportunity to connect again yeah thanks a lot Thank you very much Shiva I'm honored to be part of this
We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.